Okay, so um, today I have with me Graham Matthias. I actually should have checked how to pronounce your surname. Yeah, Matthias, you're real close, real close. That's good. Yeah. Okay, from Calgary in Canada. Um, and Graham is with, he owns One for the Road Brewing, which I thought was very, very interesting because if, correct me, Graham, if, if I'm wrong, but you specialize in only non alcoholic beers. Yeah, our brewery uh, is exclusive, exclusively brews non-alcoholic beer. You're right, right. exactly. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, that that's, I don't know, maybe there are others, but you're the only brewery I know of that actually does that. I mean, brewers, there are brewers who make some non-alcoholic beers on the side, but it's never their focus. As much as some of them have said that they like trying to do it and they see it as a challenge and all that, but I guess right. most of them don't. So you're, you're quite unique. How Maybe before we talk about actual non-alcoholic side and the market and all that how did what's the history how did you set up one for the road well you know what i'm actually uh not a brewer at all i don't come from the the beer industry or the chemistry industry or anything uh whatsoever um i actually uh started this about four years ago now uh more as self-fulfilling um you know, I'm, uh, I've always had a really good relationship with, uh, with alcohol and really enjoyed my beers. And it was always a big part of my, my life, whether it be after a rugby game or a hockey game or a golf game or with family or friends. Um, and then about 17 years ago, I guess, uh, someone real close in my life had to quit um, because it, they didn't have a good relationship. So I said, well, I will, I will uh, I'll stop with you for a year. Right. And in that year, my kids were really small. And um, as much as I was missing beer and having to learn who I was without those few beers in me or with, you know what I mean, and get comfortable in those situations and 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 uh, and, and realize what it's like being that person who's not drinking, which is the odd man out, so to speak, at different events. Um, I realized all the, the benefits of it, right? Um, and it was just a, it turned out to be a really good year for me in, in the end of the day. So so I decided that, well, I at that point I'd started drinking different non-alcoholic beers and even though I probably wasn't happy with the quality and what I was getting, um, it was still a good life choice for me. So um, then fast forward about a decade, watch the craft beer industry blow up, uh, really missing out on on that and, and, uh, and, and having different beers. Um, I just decided I was just gonna go do my own brewery and and uh, researched it and got some really good partners that that obviously know how to brew beer um, and I'm a small business person by trade I, I'm actually a physiotherapist and I own physiotherapy clinics so um, small business is something that I knew and entrepreneurialism is something that I knew and so I just turned that over to the beer world got the right people doing the right things um, and I've had a blast doing it <clears throat> watching the Watching the industry grow and watching my little company grow um, has been super fun, and uh, it's it couldn't have been a better time, as as uh, as the whole non in, non alcoholic uh, segment of of beer and and uh, grows so much over the last few years. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure, right. and uh, just kind of out of again out of self fulfillment of wanting to have some good beer to drink. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, I guess, because. I mean, I, I remember, you know, the big thing about non-alcoholic beer. Well, well, there's two things, I guess. For some reason, there's still people will ask you, you know, are you not drinking? And, and that becomes, but I don't think it's as big and maybe we can get into that market side later. But um, like the quality of non-alcoholic beer has always been pretty atrocious for, for a long time. And I guess when you come into the, like, that was okay when it was just the big, kind of monolithic Heineken's, Budweiser's and that producing it because they weren't producing very good beer anyway. But once yeah. the craft beer came along, you were then, yeah, kind of that flavor side of it and that the experimentation, you you really have no choice with non-alcoholic beers. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was really interesting. And that was a big part of it. A big part of my motivation was that I, I had made the life decision that I guess for the time being and for the foreseeable future, I was just going to drink non-alcoholic beers. And I wasn't happy with, with what I had. There was a few that I were my go-tos that I thought were somewhat better than the rest, but it wasn't something I was really satisfied with. Um, and so it kind of became an endeavor. Can, can we do this, right? So, you know, being able to partner up with some, some really uh, good brewers and say, is this 
something we can do and throw some capital at it and 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 it took uh, it, it took some time of figuring out how we could do it and what process we wanted to do and use to do it and and uh, you know as it turned out it's something that was a bit unique to us um, and not something we'd heard of um, and and so we, it was a fun it was a fun way to do it and then we got to the point that we found the quality was there um, and so it was okay well let's take it to market and just see and again my thought at the time was that this was going to be a real local thing I'm a same a physio clinic owner but that's very small business community based and so that was my expectation was that I was going to get beer out to the local community the the, the community pub maybe a few beer stores whatever um, and that would be a neat little novel thing side gig um, it quickly I quickly found out that the appetite for good quality non-alcoholic craft beer is way bigger than I thought it was. Okay. Um, the demand for it was way bigger than I thought it was. And there was still a challenge to get over some hurdles of the non-alcoholic side and to sell some people, but it was uh, it was really accepted with open arms and, and we were really happy with that. So it, uh, it, it grew, it quickly grew bigger than, than I anticipated. Okay. Um, and then, and, and a big part of that is I think our, I think our beer and, and my beer is really easy to sell because it's good beer. And that's, and that's something that people weren't used to. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and we, we get a lot of positive feedback on it. People are really happy with it. And I take no credit for that. Um, the, the, the contract brewing company did all of that. I don't know how to brew beer. I know nothing about that infinitely more now than I did four years ago, but still close to nothing. Uh, I couldn't have a sit and have a conversation with the brewer and and uh, and keep up, no doubt about it. But I, you know, we partner with the right people. Any good businessman knows their limits and where their strengths are, and and uh, they find the right people to do the right part of their job within their company, and and it flourishes. So, um, yeah. But that that you know that quality was a big was a big part of that, and it's been fun to do. Bringing we have seven different styles now. We're just working on our eighth as we speak, and uh, that's been a big a big fun part of that is introducing new styles that there were no non-alcoholic options for and bringing that into the market, right? And people are excited to see a non-alcoholic Marzen, non-alcoholic Kolsch. Like, it's great. People are excited about it. And I think it's uh, it's got a lot to offer to the those that are looking for it, whether yeah. they be alcohol drinkers or not. Yeah, because, I mean, the, like you mentioned, the market size there, I'm thinking like Ireland, that the typical beer has always been like three and a half percent or something like that. You know, it's never been a market for strong beers up until the craft beer thing took off, mainly because right. I think in Ireland it's it's the session. We go out, we you're out for the night, so you don't want to drink a 15% imperial stout like for the whole night. You're just not going to be right. doing it. So that, yeah. that was the thing. But when the craft beers, at least when when I started noticing them, kind of like you know, ten years ago or something, like they did seem to be focused on the the at least the most of the ones I saw, not necessarily the Irish brewers because they're it's still a relatively new market. But like you know, what what you'd see coming out of some of the ones in England, say, it would all be about the strength of the beer and about you know this is the strongest beer ever made and all of that. And yeah, it, it's like it seemed like craft beer was all about just having very very strong beers and falling over whereas it it has slowly changed now i think and i, I just right. talked to some of the brewers you know that they, they said the same thing that they, they want to brew lighter beers if not you know non-alcoholic beers at least lighter beers and i think the market at least one brewer has said to me like because he he has to taste beers and he has to realize that like sometimes you know you just want to have a beer in the middle of the week and you you, you have to get up in the morning and so is <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because this is exactly it, and and you're right. We have seen swings in, um, in 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 how, I, I guess, in how people are brewing beers and whether it's strength of al strength of alcohol or different styles or whatever else. Um, with us, you know, we're we're not about being a non-alcoholic beer, right? That's not what we're really about. I'm just about being a craft beer company, and it so happens that that craft beer that we produce, you can drink. We say we always use the hashtag anytime, anywhere, but that's the reality. I always tell people you can drink our beer on the way driving on the way to church Sunday morning and it's OK. Right. And so it's an opportunity for beer drinkers to drink more beer more often 
and it be acceptable and it be okay and it be good for you and it be right so um yeah it's it's but i think there's you know there's there, there's room for that 15 percent imperial stout you talk about and there's room for non-alcoholic beer and people let people make their choices right and then and create more beer for for everybody in every environment no matter what they're looking to do right like sometimes you're looking for that buzz and sometimes you're just looking for that beer and sometimes you want to you know sometimes you want the stout and sometimes you want the pale ale like you know like i love this is part of the craft beer industry there's so many options and so many and uh, you know so many different beers for different times and different people it's great i love it yeah. Yeah. no you're right um it's yeah, like I, I have seen that swing myself, you know, yeah, that there are times on a weekend you're sitting there and, you know, you're just going out for one beer, maybe you take the strong one or you're sitting at home watching a film, but you'll sip that. Whereas there are other times, like I said, where you're going out with friends and you want to, you want to be able to drink for the night, you'll stay out with them for the night. So you, you think, but it is hard to, to find those non-alcoholic beers. Is that like... Most of the, the non-alcoholic beers I see, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but most of the ones I see are still produced by the big macros. There are not that many, as much as they, the, like what I've seen is as much as I've seen brewers say they want to brew non-alcoholic or very low alcohol beers, they don't seem to see the market for it because they, they're not doing it. So where are you seeing the market? Yeah, that's interesting. We've certainly seen we've seen a significant growth in that market and, and statistics will tell us that, I mean, there's a, there's a significant growth year on year uh, for that, for, for non-alcoholic beer, no doubt about it. Um, and it's, it, you know, I'm sure it's different in Ireland than it is here in, in Canada than it is in, in different places. And I, I find that Canada is a little bit behind the typical trends, right? Um, when we look at, so I follow a lot of things from the United States or from Europe and maybe specifically Germany kind of thing. And I know that, uh, was it 2020, I believe, um, 10% of beer sales in Germany were non-alcoholic beer, okay. which was shocking because that's uh, about 30 times the market share that we have in Canada at this point in time. So it's massive, right? So it's huge, and certainly we're growing. Um, there's no doubt about it. And there's more and more styles coming out. Uh, you talk about us being an exclusive, uh, non-alcoholic uh, craft beer company, um, and we weren't the first to do that in Canada. We were the second to do that in Canada to be exclusively non-alcoholic. And since then, there's, I mean, there's a number of others that have came on board um and doing that and some have affiliations with with alcoholic brewing beer but but they have specific branding and specific styles that are that are just for the non-alcoholic side so um it is something that's growing and, and popularity is growing and acceptance is growing that's the biggest that's the biggest thing for us is acceptance of it right um and uh yeah it's 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 come a long way for sure so maybe you have to just have to hook me up with the broker in in ireland and i'll, so I'll ship some i'll ship a pallet of beer over i can get it on the i can get it on a boat tomorrow because right. I, mean, I i said you don't see a lot of it on shelves you'll see one or two and the choice is limited you know it, it is always a non-alcoholic lager and that's pretty much it and well that's where i was 17 years ago right and that's what i really missed um and and i thought there should be options for not just me but for whoever and 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 not just non-alcoholic drinkers but for brian when he happens to be having to operate a motor vehicle or he happens to be you know whatever that is that you need to be aware and alert and not hung over or not drunk for um you should still be able to drink beer right and it should be good beer and it should be the flavors and styles that you want and you're looking for at that time and place so let's create it right yeah no, that, 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 that is, I, I, I can see the market for it. I mean, I would be there because, like I said, you know, on the weekends, I might have a couple of beers, but during the week, I I don't. But I, there's times where I'd, I'd like to get one, but like I said, there's maybe that 12% imperial. So, and I know I'm not going to, I'll regret it in the morning if I take it. So I want it now, you know. <laughs> I, I've aged enough that I can at least predict the future, you know. <laughs> well, I've never looked into the, the uh, market in Ireland. And so I, I will have to start looking at that um, and, and get some more data on it. But uh, yeah, certainly we see areas of Europe and the United States and Canada, and it's 
it's growing and those options are plentiful. Um, you know, we still have some convincing to do to get the shelf space or the tap lines or whatever that that are that are dominated by alcoholic beer for sure and convince beer or sorry business owners that this is something that can be profitable for you. Yeah. Um, but I but we've we've shown it and we've proved it and we have you know stats and sales to 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 show that the market is there. So it's been yeah, it's no been fun. I. I like I said, I can see it, but the, the problem is yeah, the, the chicken and egg thing that people won't won't provide it because they think people won't drink it and then people can't get it. So all they can get is the bad stuff. So then they won't drink it. So then it, it's that circulating. Whereas, and then you're reduced to drinking Coke because you've nothing else to drink. You know, it's oh, the worst. It's like it was the vein of my existence for years. You'd go to a go to a restaurant or a bar or whatever. And you're like, what do you have non-alcoholic? And it's like, well, we we have pop. I'm like, I'm a 45 year old man. You think I want to pop? Yeah. Like, let me have a beer. Or you go somewhere and they're like, well, we have kombucha. And they think they're doing you a favor. And I'm like, oh, I don't know who drinks this, but it's not me. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, everyone. Yeah. So, how, how does, uh, I assume Canada, like the main thing is the same as Ireland, same as both, but it's like drink driving is just not acceptable anymore. And that's kind of the main, main driver of it, is it? Well, I guess legally it never was acceptable, um, yeah. but certainly there was more leniency to it um, in generations past. And even me growing up, it was there was more leniency to it. And now it's just not, it's just not acceptable, right? Yeah. I mean, social standards and and uh, people's conscious and of those social choices are are changing, right? And and for for the good, right? Um, I know my, you know my I, growing up with my group of friends, it was if you can get away with it. Like yeah. how far do I have to drive home or whatever. Whereas with my kids' generation, it's just it's not like that, right? Yeah. And it's just like oh, it's, there's a zero tolerance that's kind of the the new norm and the new accepted uh, standard. And I think uh, you know that's a positive thing. There's there's other things that have changed. People take more responsibility for their health nowadays than they did in generations past, and so they're thinking about that. Um, there's all sorts of uh, changes that really lend to um, sales of non-alcoholic products, which is, which is, which is good. Not to say there's not plenty of room for alcoholic products, right? And this isn't to, to this. And I'm the, I, I really make a strong point of being supportive of whether it's alcoholic beer, spirits, wine, that, that whole industry and that culture that it creates and the cultures that it provides and in the right time and the right places and the right quantities, it's a wonderful market and they're fantastic products and they're great. And we're just looking to provide when people aren't looking for that yeah that's all yeah. yeah so but does that mean most of your sales like are you selling to off licenses like on shelves or is it into bars is it on tap is it in cans what's your split yeah. you know um it's interesting when we first i mean again this was a very very personal um endeavor for me to get into. So really what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a craft beer and I wanted to be part of the craft beer world. I thought it was cool. I thought it was exciting. I really wanted to be part of that. So my first thing was let's, let's produce a good craft beer. And we did that with our, with our first Kolsch, um, which actually just last year won top non-alcoholic beer in Canada award at the Canadian Brewery Award. So that was really great. Um, and, and we really wanted to be part of that craft beer world. So we went to uh, breweries to get into breweries, went to craft beer stores to get into craft beer stores. Um, we looked at getting it at certain pubs, right, where we could where we could be part of that whole real craft beer world. And that was great. And that was exciting. And, and we got some acceptance that way. And it was really uh, there was we got some validation for our product by being in those locations. And then it went into and then we went to sell to the more just typical beer stores, liquor stores, and then into grocery. And what we've found is that where we're going to move most volumes is in the exact opposite order that we started selling, right? <laughs> we're going to sell more of this in a grocery store and then in the general liquor store and then in the craft beer store and then, you know what I mean? And then in the breweries. But we kind of worked backwards, um, but it was good. I think it did. I think it validated our product. It validated uh, when people go to a brewery and they see there's a non-alcoholic beer from another company being sold there. I think that validates who we are and that we we have a certain quality. And and then you know it creates a market where we can be accepted and 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 bought again in beer stores and, the, and grocery stores and everywhere. So um, yeah, and lots of you know there's more online 
non-alcoholic stores um, that are popping up that we've had a lot of success with as well. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll sell anywhere. Okay, but but if but you're selling mainly in the supermarket, do you think that that's because people are buying it for to drink at home like that during the week, or are they taking it to parties or? Whoops. Yeah, I think I think I think both. I think both of those things for sure. Um, I think, I mean, I think I think there's a convenience factor there too, right? That that's wonderful. I think if they and I, it, it's different in different provinces in Canada, but in Alberta where I live, you can't sell alcohol products in the grocery store. But I think if they did, they would sell there as well. So there's a convenience of having those for your use, whether it's for home drinking at home or whether it's for um, taking to parties or, or events or whatever. So, yeah, but we, there is, uh, we certainly have seen a trend toward every restaurant bar, um, you know, every, every social gathering place having an option of a non-alcoholic beer there, right? We're seeing that happen for sure. Um, and there's an expectation that, that it's there. Um, so that's nice to see as well. And yeah, I mean, I, I just took a look on your website and, uh, you know, your branding and that it is not, it makes it clear that it's non-alcoholic, but you definitely have the same sort of branding as any other. Like, I don't that that sounds disparaging, but you know, it, it's not isolated yeah. out as you know the non-alcoholic as being the main thing. It's still branded as beer. But so that was a big part of it. I mean, I talked about having to learn how to be at social gatherings when I wasn't drinking, and you're that person, you're that guy, and there's like a spotlight on you. He's not drinking, right? Um, when you were when you had the very generic non-alcoholic beers with, that was all that was available, um, you know, 15 years ago, there was that spotlight on you, and it was like you had this boring can that said non-alcoholic beer on it, right? And that was it. And it was like as the craft beer grew, so much of it was. I mean, the beer was great, and the styles and the the different varieties were great, but there was also cool cans in that. 473 cans and it was it was neat right there was a certain sexy part of that about part of that industry as well and i was like well why can't not why, why can't you carry a cool can and be non-alcoholic right so a big part of that was we, we loved our name the one for the road brewing is very much a that would be a big faux pas to have one for the road yeah. brewing company that's alcoholic obviously so it's a bit of a there's some shock value to that we've had a lot of fun with that um but then, but yeah, I think our branding is on point and our branding shows uh, it's, it's lifestyle, it's exciting. There's lots of different uh, um, fun imagery and stories on, the, on, our, on our cans. And uh, we've had, it's, it's a really fun part of the industry for sure. And I, I take it from what you're saying, I mean, you, you've won awards and that. So I take it like there is no resistance from the craft brewers. They're, they're as welcoming of you as any other craft brewer like that. They don't see you as a as a freak of any sort of. <laughs> well, I would say with, with, by saying that there's no that that not at all. I mean, certainly there's some resistance. There was some resistance to it for for I think for your real hardcore brewer. Um, it was for a long time. It was more and more and more alcohol, right? Um, and so for us to be at the very other end of the spectrum, there was. You know, and I think we're probably not completely accepted. I always tease that we're kind of the ugly stepsister of the brewer of the brewing right. industry, right? Um, in that, yeah, we're there, and like we get to come to the table at the Thanksgiving dinner, but like we're going to be at the far end at the kids' table, kind of thing, right? Um, and and so it's it's nice to be at the party. Uh, slowly, we want to get to the adult table and have conversations with the big boys for sure. Um, but that's okay and that's all right and it's been fun changing minds right and does, uh, a lot of the times we do tastings we don't we just don't tell people that we're non-alcoholic beer right and we're just like hey come taste our beer and they taste it and they're like oh this is great i love this i love this one i love that one and then it's like oh by the way our dirty little secret is that all of these beers are non-alcoholic and it's their shock value right, right? And it's great, right? And then they're like, wow, it was okay. I could tell. And you're like, well, you, just told me you loved it, right? So, yeah, there's, it's still kind of like a dirty little secret to like non-alcoholic beer for a lot of people. But, uh, and, and I think it's a surprise to them as well. Mm -hmm. um, but acceptance is coming and coming slowly. And we, we, as I mentioned, we love being at breweries. And that was a, that was a hard sell at the beginning to try to go to a brewery and say, listen, you should offer non-alcoholic beer somebody has to drive these patrons to your facility to your tap rooms and you want them to be there you want them to stay longer right you want them to have more food and have you know spend more money there right this is good for business um and then and again i as i mentioned as we got 
our quality of our beer was at the point that we could get them samples and they were pleasantly surprised with what with what that was and so we had uh we had more acceptance than we expected and we're in we're in a number of different breweries and and that's validating for us we love being in that environment they a lot of them don't want to brew non-alcoholic beer it's not what they want to do so are we accepted well they'll bring us in because it's something that they feel they should do and they like us and i think for the most part they they like our product um but it's not something they necessarily want to do in a, in a number of, a number of those situations for sure. So we, we fill a void. Right. So, yeah. So, so then the, the, tell me with the beers, I mean, you've got, what? Let, let's start with the, uh, as much as you know, like you said, you're not the brewer. So uh, how do you do it first? Like, I mean, do you cut off fermentation early? Do you have some, right. so, so here's the thing. So when we started, we really were under the impression we were going to have to de-alcoholize, right? And so I was working with a, uh, a good friend of mine who's actually featured on our Marzen can. Um, but he, uh, he's a PhD chemist. And so we did a lot of research on this and we were like, okay, here are the different ways we can de-alcoholize. And so what's going to be the most cost-effective way? What's going to be the best way? How are we going to do this? And then when we got connected with the, 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 um, the brewer that we we're going to use, the contract brewer, um, the head brewer there kind of said, well, and, and credit to him because I said, what's the best way to do this? Are we going to have to buy specific, um, you know, machinery so that you, we can we can do the dealkalization process because I know you guys don't have it here. And he said, well, why do we have to do that? Like I brew 12% imperial beers and I brew 3% light beers. Why can't I push that envelope and make one that's under 0.5? And I was like, well, if you can do that, let's do that. And he was really under the impression that he didn't want to change his product. He had he had that he wants to brew a beer and not change it after. He doesn't want to heat it up and boil off alcohol. He doesn't want to filter it and take anything out. He doesn't want to. He wants to brew a beer and that product be your beer, right? right. So then it was a matter of finding whether it was uh, ingredients and and certain recipes or the process itself. How are we going to brew this up to? up to that 0.5% um, and not have to dilute it, not have to change anything after. Um, so it took some, it took some trials, right? We dumped a lot of beer down the drain. Um, and, uh, but eventually it was, they just brew beer and just the recipe is such that it creates not a, a, a beer that fits the requirements for non-alcoholic beer. Okay. So we don't use, I know some people use certain, certain yeasts that don't, um, generate as much or certain we essentially I would say the best way to describe how we do it is we control the sugar production therefore we can go through full fermentation and there's only so much sugar to be able to produce so much alcohol okay under the, under the environment that we do it in whether it's the the, the controls through temperature um, through the length of the mash process or whatever right so um they will they will explain it better than than me and i've had them explain it to me a hundred times and end of the day they're like just tell people you brew beer you just brew beer with low alcohol that's all you do it's a very traditional brewing process okay right yeah and that works for like like you said you have what seven you have seven beers in the range now and, and it's seven. the same for all of them there is it is a traditional beer brewing process for all of them it certainly has limitations. So I, I loved Hefeweizen beer and we are struggling to be able to produce one. That is, a, a, in my understanding, I guess, my limited understanding of this, but is that is that something that has to ferment for a long period of time, right? To bring out those flavors and to, for whatever reason, again, I'm an amateur. But um, so we've really struggled in that. And that's something that I personally really want. And we just haven't been able to do it. Um, so there's obviously certain limitations of certain styles that just are going to be less, um, aren't, aren't going to work with our process. So we, we could do it and de-alkalize. Um, we could do our process as much as we can and then, you know, filter out some alcohol, however, but we don't, we don't want to go away from, from our process as little right. as possible. So, um, and there's, you know, there's thousands of styles of beer to do. So which I love. I thought there was like five. I grew up with like five kinds of beer. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're amber, you're light, you're lager, you're ale. You know what I mean? And it comes, as it turns out, there's thousands. So uh, <laughs> lots of different options uh, and, and ways for us to go. And so we've, we, we've uh, done seven different styles to this point, all with that same process. And uh, it's, it's been great. It's been exciting. Now we've got a couple 
variety packs out and it, just fun, unique things that there's not a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot of out there in the non-alcoholic world. So, right. And what kind what are the, the seven you're, you've got now? So we have, uh, we first came out with a Kolsch. Um, and then we, and then the next one we were bringing out happened to be kind of in that fall. So we did a Marzen, um, which was a good Oktoberfest beer. Uh, then the next season out, I guess, was a, was a summer. So we came out with a, a Saskaberry Blonde, uh, which is, uh, I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan originally. Okay. So we wanted to do, and again, this was, it was all about me, Brian. This is all about me. So, <laughs> so I wanted to do something about home. So we did a Saskatoon Berry Blonde, which was a great summer ale to come out. Uh, then after that, we came out with uh, an Amber, uh, or I just came out with our Stout, our Espresso Stout. Um, and worked with a with a craft, a local craft coffee roaster here in town, which was great. It was our first collaboration with everybody with anybody, and that was that worked out really well. Um, and then an amber, an IPA, and then a wheat ale, which was kind of uh, um, our compromise in that we I couldn't we couldn't produce the hefeweizen I wanted, but we could produce this wheat ale, which is which has turned out to be my favorite for sure. Um, and it's our newest one. And then we're working on a, uh, a pale ale right now. So um, it's been super, it's super fun. Yeah. Do you make those available all, like are they available all year round now or do like some of them come and go or? Well, it's interesting because a lot of them, and the idea was for very much seasonal seasonal beers, right? I mean, the Mars and Bean specific season, um, you know, summer beers and like the Saskaberry Blonde, winter beers like the Espresso Stout. Um, that was the idea. And then as it turned out, because there's such limited options in non-alcoholic craft beer, that we were getting hate mail when our beer wasn't, when all their favorite beer wasn't available. Somebody's in, in spring or summer and they want that espresso stout. We were like, well, why don't we have it? And I'm like, well, we, we're going to produce more in September so you can have it for the winter. And they were like, but I want it now, right? I only have so many options. I want it now. So it really, so now we really do produce all of our beers all year round. Um, but then we've run into the problem of, you know, you go into a beer store and you want to sell your beer there and they're accepting of bringing some in, but they don't have shelf space for, you know, seven different beers, let alone our two variety packs, nine SKUs. Like they can't take nine SKUs in there. They can't put that much room for non-alcoholic beer. So, so then, you know, so there's the, the challenge with that. So our Marzen is very seasonal now, um, but the rest really we brew all year round. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, just as you mentioned it there, it occurred to me that the whole craft beer were like, I mean, an awful lot of it now. I don't know what the, the craft beer size of the market is in, in Canada, but I know, say, America, the U.S. is 20% or something, I think, was the last I heard, um, which is probably the biggest in the world. But um, it's still, you know, reasonably, maybe you could just about still call it niche, you know, but it, it's, um, you know, and the rest then is probably all laggers. But within the craft beer side of things, I mean, some of it's going to stuff. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think of as beer. You know, it's all marshmallow this and, um, you know, pastry stouts and stuff like that. So I, I, whereas yours are more traditional, they're beer beers, as I right. would think, you know. Right. So, yeah, interestingly, and and no, I, I I love it. Like, bring your creative mind into your into your craft, right? Um, I think it's great. I think it's really neat. Like I've seen peanut butter and jam beer. Like I've seen all sorts of stuff. It's not for me personally. Um, uh, but that being said, I, I find it fun. I find it exciting. I find it neat to see, right. Neat to try. Um, so, so I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think we, we have so many traditional style beers still to tap into that we're probably not going to have a, a marshmallow anything in the yeah. near foreseeable future. I guess for sure. the, just kind of the point I was working through in my own head there is like there's so much beer is not like beer now that, you know, you, you could produce a juice and call it a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> well, I think in some instances they have, um, you know, or, or even a even a beer like you look at. I mean, even even like sours, everyone, I've got so much pressure to produce a sour and there are non-alcoholic sours out. Um, and I just, um, it doesn't, there's some, there's, it, it seems like a, it seems like you've 
pulled away from beer once you get into certain things. Do you know what I mean? It's no longer, is that a beer? Is that sour more of a kombucha than it's beer? I'm not quite sure. Like, I don't really know. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, to each their own, right? And and uh, it's all about having varieties to, to, to make everybody happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose, yeah, just thinking about that, like it's you know, you've the people who'll take their their heavily sweetened pastry sours that kind of what you know the dessert in a can, but then they <laughs> take something that's non-alcoholic. You know, they're not drinking beer really to me, but there's there's some, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. There's some sort of disconnect in my head there between you know the two. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and and I mean you're being a business person, you follow the market. And if that market's there and you can create sales and you can build your brand and you can, yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say absolutely no to anything, but that being said, like I say, we have so much, so many more styles to go and so much more room to grow within uh, more traditional beer styles that it'll, it'll be, it'll be a while before you see anything too, too far off the scope of beer come out of us. Yeah. And you, you said there that you want to do a Hefeweizen, but that would seem to me, closer to i mean it's more towards the lager side of you know traditional non-alcoholic beers whereas it seems like your your stouts and the other ones you mentioned there would seem to have i don't know am i in the craft side they would have more of a market because maybe they're a bit more crafty than yeah or maybe i think maybe yeah, more it, well, yeah a big big part as we tried to grow um our offerings was to create a bit of a um I don't know, a variety of different things, right? Whether it's different seasonal things or different um, different flavors that you otherwise didn't see in the in the non-alcoholic world. So um, we're open to anything. We're open to anything and everything um, to, 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 to trying. Um, but uh, again, because of the, the biggest thing that we battle is being non-alcoholic right? And continue to grow the non-alcoholic niche. You said something interesting and I don't want to go, I don't want to sidetrack off anything, but you talked about the percentage of craft beer and, and that's, that's really, um, it's really been a neat thing for me to follow and watch because as craft beer grows, right, you see so much collaboration between brewers and really what they're trying to do is they're not trying to compete with each other. They're trying to compete with that macro brew, right? That macro beer. And if that pie chart has 20% craft beer, you don't, you don't want to compete for that 20%. You want to compete for that 80%. You want to make that 79% and take 1% away from that. Right. And it's not dissimilar from um, within alcoholic beer being the big pie and the tiny little sliver that non-alcoholic beer has. I don't want to compete with other non-alcoholic beer producers. I love it. I'm excited to see different. Yep. There's a couple of different uh, exclusive non-alcoholic brands here in Canada that I just love. I'm a big fan of. And I love seeing them help grow that and help us together kind of work against that stigma against non-alcoholic beer. And just like we're like, three percent non-alcoholic beer well i want to make that four percent right and that extra percent is going to help all of those non-alcoholic beer producers eat yeah. right yeah so that's that's where i love it and i've i see a lot of collaboration in craft with craft breweries um, but i haven't seen uh, as much collaboration with non-alcoholic breweries and i love it i've been on some cool podcasts with some really cool owners um and i would love to be able to do some more work with that and kind of help grow uh, non-alcoholic craft beer as a whole as opposed to just one for the road or you know just those companies um, i would love to see that happen more more and, and uh but yeah the, the the growth has been super fun and the industry has been super fun and and uh you know bringing different varieties out and different offerings for different people and and the acceptance that we've seen over the last four years has just been it's been awesome my yeah, wife well, is sick of me talking about it <laughs> no but, but, but i mean what, what i got struck by there is your yeah the collaborations like I, i've been talking to brewers now for a while and i mean there is no one there who sees another brewer as competition not not a single person they just all see it as a group and they're all going to help each other like i said the competition is that 18 percent of you know um budweiser heineken guinness it, that's the competition no one else it, it is really and i suppose that's why like i told you beforehand like you know i've been talking to this now for about a year and a half and it's just the joy that the passion that the brewers have keeps yeah. you know it keeps the interest and that's the same that 
that you're that you have in yours. That, yeah. that it's all part of the same community. It is. It's a it's a really cool thing to watch and see. Um, you know, I come from a, a competitive environment um, in my in my real job, I guess. Um, and it's nice to see this collaboration within within that craft brewing industry. And I I want to see more of it grow within non-alcoholic beer. Right. I love seeing their successes. It helps me. The more the people accept non-alcoholic as a as a alternative or a, an offering for whatever time and place, whether it's a one-time thing or a lifestyle change and anywhere in between. Um, you know, if they can help, if they can help uh, make that a positive thing for for everybody, then that helps. That helps all non-alcoholic brewers. So it's yeah. great. And it's yeah, and then it's just opening up the opportunities again. Like like I said, you know, you just cannot get it. I, I trying to think of a single bar I've been in in the last number of years that had a non-alcoholic beer tap. You could maybe get some behind the bar, but you you know, I don't think I can't think of a single one that had a tap. And just yeah. much less having having a choice of different styles. It was always just your non-alcoholic yeah. lager, and that's it. There is nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And it's still it's still like that in a lot of places, but it's coming around. It's coming around. We we did keg. We have kegged our products uh, a number of times, and it's kind of on a as as requested basis um, because it's not enough that we can. We can we can keep inventory and, and everything else of all those kegs and manage that. But we've had uh, about eight or ten different places now that have brought us on some seasonal and some some full time, um, and it's been that's a really neat thing. That's a that's a real feather in our cap. We love we love that. We think that's fantastic and a lot of fun with it. Um, and I think it makes sense. Like it just makes sense business wise to me too. Like you go places and they have twenty taps, yeah, and. I just feel like those 20 taps are all facilitating and I get it different styles, different flavors, but they're all facilitating that, that alcoholic beer drinker. Right. And none of it facilitates the non-alcoholic drinker for who, and again, someone has to drive there. Someone has to get up in the morning. It's lunchtime meetings. It's whatever it is. And if you only have 19 taps, you're not going to sell less beer. You're not going to sell less tap beer. They're just, they have one less option, but no one's coming in going, Oh, they just had one more tap i'd buy a beer but i'm not going to right they're going to buy one of those other 19 right and so just put one non-alcoholic and all of a sudden you're facilitating a whole nother sector of people that are coming coming and spend money right and uh it only makes sense to me but uh you know it takes change takes time it does and but, but that is part of the change i mean like i said if they had a tap it's visible it's something there that people would pick up on but at the moment you have to ask, do you have something? Is it behind the barrel? And then just take whatever they have where it's <laughs> people don't do that. I mean, you'll just go and order your Coke, you know, it's, uh, it, takes, but, uh, it takes time for sure. It takes time, but, uh, but we're seeing so much growth and acceptance of, of, uh, the whole segment, um, that it's, I, that it's, it's fun to be on this beginning part of the wave. Because the waves, yeah. waves big and it's coming for sure. I, 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 I can see that. I, I can definitely agree. And what strikes me is, like I said, from a couple of these conversations, a lot of them are coming from the brewers who would actually like to brew more. That or they, as part of the job, they're drinking stuff as well, and they they know that. Look, some days you just don't want another beer. You, you know, you don't want that ten percent thing. You don't even want a three percent one. You want something that will just allow you to drive away. Um, yeah. And, and so it's interesting to see it driven from that side. Um, and where where are your beers now? You're based in Calgary, so are the beers widely available? Are they? Like- yeah. So in you know what we've been a real slow organic growing company um, of some of the other exclusive non alcoholic brewers even here in Canada. Um, they've grown faster. They're they're bigger business people than me for sure. I always teach that I'm a bit of a limiting factor in my own my my industry, my world that I know is very community based, right? I know 90% of people that come in the door in my clinic and my physio clinics, right? So that that part I really get and I really like. But so growing um, and expansion means delegation and loss of that real personal touch. And do you know what I mean? So it's been it's something that I have to improve on or bring in a partner that is going be better than me at that which is another option but um so yeah so we're we're widely uh, available in western canada now um in british columbia alberta and saskatchewan and then we're slowly growing east into 
you know, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, and and that's kind of how that growth is going. We've done some one-offs to Australia, New Zealand, uh, and down to the U.S. Um, on a few different occasions, sending some multiple pallets of beer down there, and and whether that's with an e-commerce group or whatever, and and we've had really good success with that. People have done really well with it, and it just comes down to okay, so now can you know we we found a contract brewer for you here down in Australia, brew your beer down here, and we'll distribute it. And I'm like. I'm not there yet, right? Yeah. I'm holding us back totally. Uh, whether it's a, a control issue, my wife may tell you it's a control issue. Um, you know, who knows what it is? But I'm just not there, and this is this is where I need to uh, this is where I need to go in the year 2023. It's uh, it's it's growing because I feel that my product that I say I have produced, but along with my brewing company or brew contract brewing company, uh, have produced deserves that because I think it is high, high quality beer. And I think it deserves that opportunity to grow and be, be ex, get exposure nationally, internationally around the world. Right. I do think that it deserves that. And so I have to find the right way to, to grow that. So we're still in a, in expansion mode for sure. And uh, hopefully I can get the right partner that's going to kick me in the butt or just like push me out of the picture and actually grow it and do it. So uh, that's that that's in the works. I understand there's a requirement for that. Uh, I got to get there myself. So I know my limitations. I got to find the right person. Right. right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so just following on from that. Um, so like like we mentioned, you know, you're exclusive non-alcoholic and you did that initially for personal reasons because it was something you wanted to get involved in but do you think that that has held you back or has given you a benefit like do people you you, you don't have the same distribution maybe as if you were brewing alcoholic beer as well but does it give you a strength that people will come looking for your non-alcoholic beer as opposed to a variation like they know it's a higher quality than say yeah. than a craft brewery that's producing a beer and then produce a non-alcoholic version of it that, that yeah. would be lower Interesting question. I think I think there's two sides to this. Um, it, I think it's it's uh, there's been a benefit to being well. First off, I I knew to stay in my lane. I wasn't a brewer to begin with, right? And so there's people that are brewers that that are that work very hard to produce really good alcoholic beer, right? And they they do a very good job of it. And I, I don't know that. I don't know that world in that industry. So here's a little niche that I that I'm interested in that I know there's a market for. So let me grow into that where there's not a lot of a lot of people yet. So I know I can be somewhat um, not an authority on whatsoever, but it, it can be an area that I can kind of be in the front of and 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 do. So I think that was. I have no interest in brewing alcoholic beer. Right. And not just because I don't personally drink it, but because there's so much out there that is so good. I found a niche. I found a niche that I can that I can be be good at and effective at. And um, so I'm going to stay in my lane. So first off, um, as far as the distribution of it, in fact, I think there's less barri barriers because we're non-alcoholic. I can ship across borders a lot easier within my country uh, between interprovincially inter uh, because I'm non-alcoholic, right? Um, and even internationally, there's there's less there's less restrictions there as well. So I think, in fact, there's a, a, a benefit of being non-alcoholic. Now, that being said, I'm not selling to probably 95% of beer drinkers. I'm trying to make that for three, four, five percent of of, of non-alcoholic beer drinkers. Um, that's who I'm selling to, and hopefully that grows. But um, the limitation is in the segment of beer and the acceptance of it, as opposed to uh, the non-alcoholic beer itself. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, it makes sense. Um, I, I guess what I was trying to get at is whether being exclusive non-alcoholic. You know, you're able to focus on the quality, and you're seen as having a higher quality non-alcoholic beer than someone who brews alcoholic beer and then says, "And here's a non-alcoholic version of it." You know, that would see, would that be seen like yeah. producing high quality? It is beer; it just happens to be non-alcoholic. Right. Versus this is right. seen as uh, the the ugly stepchild of of the real thing. You know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's brewers out there that do one-offs that brew really good non-alcoholic beer as well. Um, but it, it, um, yeah, having that, having that focus yeah. for sure 
is a is a is an advantage for yeah. for, for me to think for sure yeah um and yeah i i i mean i personally think that my beer is is uh is top notch and the, the best that i've tasted um but uh but yeah, I, I'm sure there's there's brewers of alcoholic beer that brew their one-off non-alcoholic beers that think it's just as good or better or greater or whatever. So that's a yeah. To, no, I'm just thinking like, from, my, from my point of view, like as an outsider, I think I would tend towards like if if it's a brewery that's mainly alcoholic, yeah, then I'd be saying that maybe they, they just don't take that bit seriously. They're only doing it uh, kind of as a market thing. Well, there is that there is that risk of being that kind of that. Um, we'll throw that in. We'll throw yeah. that in kind of thing, right? And this was, a, it was really interesting when we were interviewing different companies to represent us uh, from a sales perspective, because again, we don't really have a sales force or a team. We actually contract that out. Um, that was a big part of it is I, I don't want someone that's going to say, here, here's all the products we sell. And oh, by the way, we have a non-alcoholic if you're looking for it, right? We wanted to be a company that really believed in the segment and the growth and the potential. And we, we certainly have found that. And we're excited about that uh, with, with the few companies that we use. Um, but that was a big part of it is that we didn't want to be a bit of an add on. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we have this, which is, I think, where you're getting with this fear if you're an alcohol brewing company. And by the way, we have a non-alcoholic. We want to be this is what we have and this is what we're growing. And this is the company and the styles and the beer. And we're excited about it. And we're like we're really passionate about the quality and what we produce. And um, and it was. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. That was something a hurdle we had to come across and find the right people. And, and we've done that. And I think if we if I think whether it be in Eastern Canada or Central Canada or Eastern Canada or different countries, if we found that group that's that enthusiastic and excited and, and excited as, as our sales group here in Western Canada, um, we probably would have grown there already. So I think I'm part of it is that I'm just picky. I just don't want to be an, an add-on. I want to be, yeah, you know what I mean? I want spotlight. It's about <laughs> me. And Brian, it's about me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so look, I, I won't hold you too much longer because you've been nearly an hour now. You probably have to go back and do some really? brew some more beer or something. But uh, where, where are you going so next, like, or this year? Jeez, it's this year already. We're, we're a week into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, excited about this year. And I think that this is a year of, uh, we, we've been through so much growth phase and we've seen some companies. And, and again, I've talked about some of the great companies here in Canada that uh, exclusively brew non-alcoholic beer as well and how they've grown, how they've gone and what we've seen change in this industry. I'm excited to to this for this to be a big growth year for us, right? We've, uh, within uh, the organic growth that we've seen in the small part of our country, small part of our big country, um, has been so encouraging, so great. And we're so proud to be um, of, of our product. Um, and now that we've got some awards behind our product, it gives you some legitimacy and it's like, um, so I think this is going to be a real big growth year, and it's something that I'm going to we're going to put some focus, some time on. Um, it's this has turned into my full time job. I talk about my real job with the physio world, but my my full time job is the beer at this point right. in time. And so it's it's time to uh, give it that focus that it deserves to have, that the product deserves, as I talked about earlier, and really be able to grow this. So I'm hoping if we talk again in January 2024. Um, it's it's the the expansion of the distribution of our product is going to be is going to be massive and i'm, I'm looking forward and is it just i mean you're going to be focused on the, the distribution so are are you going to get to that half of ice or do you have other beers that you're <laughs> looking at yeah i don't know i think i might have given up the dream uh on the half but uh but we'll see um but yeah so uh, product development is something that I really enjoy. I have a lot of fun with um, my my brewing company. I think probably has a chuckle behind my back because I'm so amateur at it. Um, but I but I enjoy that part of it for sure. I love the product development. I love the uh, marketing side of it, developing new cans and new labels and different things like that. It's a lot of fun. So we 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 will hopefully do a little bit more of that. Um, that being said, we have to make sure the appetite is there for um, for more shelf space and for opportunity to sell those right so now that we sell online on our website um we're looking at doing some you know even one-offs to introduce different styles that we can uh, not have to be dependent on on shelf space for but we can just sell them and push them out through our through our website and that's and that's been another area that can help us grow um 
different varieties and grow our, our, our options as well. So yeah, there, there'll be some of that for sure. Um, and just distribution, right? It's, Amazing. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Finding the right people, the right partners. And, um, I don't think I want to be less picky, right? I think I would need to be picky. I'm so happy with the sales group we have, with the brewing uh, group that we have. Um, you know, whether it be the people we work out with our digital marketing and our our, our product development and our like, I'm so happy with the group that I have that I work with. Um, I'm going to continue to be picky, and if that means slower growth, that means slower growth. But I I want to work with the right people that that um, that that I'm really happy with that are that are excited and want to make sure they give uh give to the product what it what it deserves because it's a you know i think it deserves a lot yeah that that just raised one last question i was going to say goodbye but you you um yeah the, the growth side i mean an awful lot of you, you see breweries that want to kind of take over the world and then the majority of brewers i think are happy making a decent living you know it's a nice retirement thing and if they're making that because it's a very competitive market and most of them tell you you won't get rich i mean so is that are you you're picky so are you happy to just kind of build it slowly into into a big retirement package that you can retire on or, is, <laughs> or do you yeah you know, i think i think there's a lot of potential um so i'm not you know and i you probably don't put too much time into work without there being some kind of payback eventually. But um, you know, I've I've talked with some people and and about partnering up that are more the the business side. Um, and they asked me, what what are your goals? What do you see? Like, is this something you're going to keep forever, or are you looking to build this and sell this in three years? And I I love it. I have a lot of fun with it. I'm really encouraging uh, um, you know one of my kids to take over. Like, I would love for this to be something that um, stays within my family for decades and right. generations. Like, I think it's a really, it's a really fun area where you can make a living um, and you can have fun with it and enjoy it. And it's a good thing to, to um, provide for so many good reasons uh, to, to the people and to, uh, to the world. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think of it more of a, as, as a lifestyle choice right. than I think of it as a business. Um, right. And you know, luckily, we've been able to grow and, and generate enough capital to grow and pay ourselves. And so great. Fantastic. Um, but uh, am, I, am, I, am I pushing to grow this as fast as I can so that I can sell it for a whole bunch and go buy my yacht? That's not the goal of it, right? Uh -huh. um, I, I love the lifestyle of it. I think it's a cool thing to be part of. I enjoy being part of it. Um, I wouldn't want to sell it off at this point in time, and I see so much potential in it. It would be a silly thing to do anyway. But um, again, it's not what I do for. I wouldn't have done for a living for the last twenty-five years, and and so there's no pressure on it yeah. that way, either, right? So I can I can enjoy it and just enjoy it for what it is, and and for the time I spend in it, and the relationships and the networking, and yeah, I get to have fun with it. Yeah, I think that sounds like pretty much most of the brewer owners that I've spoken to <laughs> and just enjoy doing it. And yeah, all of them doing you have that. that doesn't mean I don't get excited when I hear about athletic brewing in <laughs> down in the States and how they've grown and what they're worth and what they're selling off. And you're like, wow, um, <laughs> yeah. they're 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 a different they're a different level. They're a different beast. I won't I won't put myself in their in their uh, in their league whatsoever. So. <laughs> Um, but uh, but it's certainly nice to read those articles. It's great to see those. <laughs> just, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Graham. Um, I don't know. I, um, I think we covered pretty much everything. I I, I was interested. Is there anything we we should have mentioned? Uh, no, no, not at all. I think I think it's great. It was a great chat. I I, I appreciate it. I would love to uh, have this chat again in a you know net January two thousand twenty four. Okay. I, I, by that point, I will look more into uh, the beer market in Ireland and if it's really that uh, that limited in uh, craft beer options, maybe uh, maybe I got to find myself a broker and uh, a sales yeah, group I, in Ireland. And ship I think overseas. it is in non alcoholic terms. It is pretty. At least the last time I looked, it was pretty pretty lacking i mean i know i wish your beers were available so that i could go try them on those days when i just tonight it's a thursday yeah. I wouldn't normally drink but maybe i'd pick well one up. there's a, if there's a salesperson or a broker listening in ireland uh get a hold of me on my website and i i say i say no to nothing all right well, yes, um, yes to all opportunities. might have some ideas i might send you on an email later there you go fantastic 
Awesome. All right. Listen, I'm right, going to. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's been a great talk. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a million. Um, I'm just going to play out this video here again just to, um, I think it's the right one. And um, say thanks a million for that. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk um, talk next year. You got it. Okay. Take care, Brad. Thanks.